is Radio Free Signs of the Times, bringing the news to an occupied America. Welcome back to another Signs of the Times podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. About six months, I suppose. Uh, we've had a bit of a sabbatical, uh, but we haven't been slacking in that time. Um, so we're going to be restarting, as it were, the podcast from today uh, on a regular weekly basis. Uh, this week, it's myself, Joe, and... And Henry. And this week, we're just going to kick off with um, something different. Uh, because in the past, our podcasts have mainly been based on um, what we read on the web and what we pull from the web. But uh, this week, we have had the pleasure of our very own hard copy of USA Today that just happened to land on our doorstep. So we're going to be delving into that a little bit to to read what uh, American readers and the great American public have been uh, subjected to over over this past weekend. We talk a lot about... The mind programming is going on, and we spend a lot of the time on the internet looking at news articles, but we don't usually go to places like USA Today, and we don't watch Fox News, and it was it was shocking even for us to see the level that the American media has fallen to. Definitely. Um, I don't know, words... Words fail me to try and uh, describe it here. Let me let me have a look at this paper. Um, okay, so you know everybody knows, everybody should know what's going on uh, in the world today um, in Iraq, particularly um, and in Iran. In Iran, the, the recent hostage crisis um, uh, that we've we've talked about, we've written about on the science page. Uh, the world is in a pretty pretty bad state at the minute, and a lot of it is to do with. Uh, the American government, the British government, uh, the Israeli government. Um, and let's they, not forget the things in Palestine, even though they're not in the, the news at the moment. No. Uh, they're taken over every day as they have done for the past six years, and people don't really care anymore, but, you know, um, that's still ongoing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty dire. So, Not to mention the meteors. Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. Just as, a, as an extra bonus. You as know, an extra bonus. In case anybody was starting to get hopeful about anything. But um, there's always meteorites. So um, with that in mind, what do you think the USA today for its past, this past weekend? The Say it's Easter weekend edition. Yeah, it's Easter weekend, the 6th, 7th, 8th of April 2007. With all that in mind, what is the USA on its front page? telling the American people. Let me just read for you. Up at the top, we've got the men of summer. Don't know what that means. Henry, can you explain to me what the men of summer is? There's the men nice, of there's, summer... There's a picture of a guy with a baseball cap on. Yeah, the men of summer is a reference to baseball players and baseball in the American mythos, uh, although in, in recent decades it's being taken over a bit by, by football as the national sport and maybe by basketball in some sectors of the population. But America... American baseball was always seen as being the American sport par excellence. And baseball players were always seen as being these, these, the epitome of the all-American boy. Well, for me, uh, baseball is, I just see it as like uh, American cricket. 
and you don't really want to know what I think about cricket or the people who play it, so uh, we'll leave it at that. But um, that that's up in the top left. Then in the in the center of uh, this edition of USA Today, we've got um, surprise, surprise. Athletes follow stars in picking A-list agents. And the photo that goes with that is wonderful because it's got yeah. the Hollywood sign that everybody knows from the the hills above Hollywood, mm-hmm. interspersed with photos of uh, sports heroes. Sports heroes, heroes, yeah. Uh, David Beckham there from the UK and a bunch of other people that I have no idea who they are. Um, after that, well, that's kind of most of the main page. There's a few little bits and pieces. Uh, there's a little small thing about the, the, the ex-British captives from Iran. And we've got something about the FAA. Yeah, uh, a rather large headline about runway safety. Yeah, runway collisions. Yeah. Uh, You'd think of all the problems that there are traveling in the U.S. with the fascist searches that are going on. Is runway collisions really what's wrong with traveling in America now? No, definitely not. Being strip searched or locked up in jail for being a terrorist is should be should be higher on your list of priorities there. But um, so that's the main page. So um, mind candy. Yeah, you'd kind of get the impression from that main page of us today that there's not really much going on in the world not much to worry about except at, at the bottom there there is the the little reminder oh, yeah. that the okay. terrorism oh, is is still among us yes little square down the bottom here three charts and transit bombings men accused of aiding terrorists in london so they just dragged that one up again you know found a, a few guys a few uh, likely suspects uh, to um, just to keep the whole, you know, remember London, remember 9-11 taking over terrorists are out to get us. Uh, that's, that's down there as a little afterthought. But people in America who read US t- USA Today are being encouraged to focus clearly on uh, sports. Uh, that's what's most important in the world today. Well, and, it is Masters weekend, or it, it was is. Masters weekend. Golf. So basically... CEO. Yeah, so basically we... Uh, you know, we decided, what do you do in a situation like that? You know, I mean, what does anybody do? If you, The odd person in America who wants to know what's going on maybe thinks that sport isn't the be-all and end-all, that there might be something more important going on. Well, you might want to turn to the back page, to the editorial uh, page, um, to get a, sum, a summation or a roundup of what the editors of USA Today think is important. And um, we go there and we see... Yeah, well, this was was truly mind-boggling. The entire editorial page uh, of this edition of the USA Today, the whole point of it is to define the limits of what is acceptable debate within the United States. Of course, because people can't... People can't think for themselves. They can't. Uh, they shouldn't be allowed to think for themselves, oh. and and they got to be told what the debate is, right? And they have to be told what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And when you come from the United States, not acceptable comes down to meaning anti-American. Now, none of this is said, but this is all part of the the ingrained brainwashing that's been going on in the American public for decades. So, over on the left column. We've got uh, two stories about John McCain's trip to Iraq. And on uh, next to it, we've got a little debate between a conservative and a liberal, as they call them, in the United States. 
Should Gonzalez stay or go? Yeah, I just wanted to say about that before. I mean, we want to talk about the McCain and the Iraq uh, story, but the Should Gonzalez Stay or Go uh, editorial uh, opinion piece by the editors of USA Today, um, it's a perfect example of what Henry has just mentioned about the uh, defining the limits of, uh, of the debate uh, because the title is Should Gonzalez Stay or Go? Therefore, people are encouraged or are led to believe that that, that is the debate. Um, it's either he should be, Gonzalez, the, the U.S. Attorney General, should be fired or should, he should be allowed to stay. That that is the extent of any, any the possible recriminations or, 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 or what he has done. But that's already formed for you in, in the title of, of the piece. But the reality, of course, is uh, that... In, in a world in a world of justice where justice prevailed and where where, where um, truth prevailed and where um, where people were called to account for what they have actually done and what they are actually guilty guilty of the um, the title of that should would not be should Gonzalez dare go but it would be should Gonzalez be uh, should Gonzalez receive life imprisonment or should he be shot yeah, sh- sh- yeah it should be capital it's, punishment yeah, or life imprisonment. Exactly, that should be the debate: capital punishment or life imprisonment. What do you do to traitors to the American Constitution? Exactly, and that's not you know we're not we're not uh, we're not being uh, you know we're not exaggerating here. We're not we're not being inflammatory in any way. That is the reality of the situation. If you if you search the sign page for uh, Alberto Gonzalez in our search function and read some of the editorials or the uh, articles that we have on him you will very quickly see that the man should be in prison, along with a lot of other members of the U.S. administration. But um, that's not the case, and uh, that's not what we're being uh, uh, led towards of the American people uh, mm-hmm. who read USA Today or being, le- or any of the other papers are being led to, 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 to believe or to understand. Um, and this, is, this gets into the – also what we want to talk about a little later is the complicity of the media in government crimes. There is uh, a secondary theme in this article on Alberto Gonzalez, and it has to do with the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the subtitle, uh, it says, both see the U.S. attorney scandal as another reason why we should keep closer tabs on the Patriot Act. Now, the Patriot Act was put in following 9-11, and it was essentially to begin the process of removing rights from Americans. It's now ended up several years later with Americans uh, can be imprisoned without being told what they've been thrown into prison for. They have no recourse. They can be called a terrorist and no spend the rest of their lives lawyers. in jail. Yep. No access to lawyers. And the debate between the conservative Cal Thomas and the liberal Bob Beckel comes down to should the Patriot Act have been renewed for five years or should it have been renewed for two years? Yeah, another perfect example of of this setting of these ridiculous parameters that are based on uh, the parameters of the debate that are based on on, on lies and, and complete unreality. Uh, it has nothing to do with the reality of the situation. And the idea that there is a fundamental difference between a five-year extension of the Patriot Act or a two-year extension of the Patriot Act yeah, this is is they want us to think that that these are fundamental differences between political positions. And the introduction to this column says, Cal Thomas is a conservative columnist. 
Bob Beckel is a liberal Democratic strategist. And here's where it gets good. But as longtime friends, they can often find common ground on issues that lawmakers in Washington cannot. Mm-hmm. So the whole subtext of that is that there are some fundamental differences between Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. And that's a joke. Mm-hmm. The political discourse in the United States is now far to the right. The Democrats are far more farther to the right than most right-wing political parties in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. There is no political choice. If you were to, to map it out, you know, through a let's say you took the light shining from American politics and you put it through a prism and it broke it down, you'd have the Republicans and the Democrats both still in the red. Moving into the yellows or the greens, or the blues, or the purples, you know, forget about any of those political yeah. colors. They don't exist. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that they say that there, the, in, the, in, in this editorial, they say that there are uh, fundamental differences, but that they find common ground. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, if there's fundamental differences, those should be brought to the, to the reader rather than bringing them, you know, uh, bringing them down into this, this single point, which is essentially the, 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 the Bush government's uh, argument. Uh, because the Bush government's argument is the argument of the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, there is no, in a way, there is no Republicans and Democrats anymore. There's no point in talking about Republicans and Democrats. You may as well just talk about the Bush government, George Bush, the neocons, and the Israeli lobby in the U.S., and the fact that they control everything in the U.S., and no one has any control or any power or any say to do anything that they do not want them to do. That is the reality of the situation in America. And, you know, that, if you want to call it for what it is, is essentially a dictatorship. And when you look at the elections, rigged elections, you know, we talked recently on the sign page about the excellent documentary called Hacking Democracy about Bev Harris's uh, campaign to to look at uh, the use of voting machines. Uh, there's no... There are no free elections in the United States anymore. No. It's all decided in advance. Mm-hmm. Memory cards then are uh, rigged so that the vote counts come up to be uh, what the powers that be want. You're deluding yourself if you think that there's still free elections in this country. You're deluding yourself if you think that the political process is going to change anything. So the fact is, the American people have uh, been taken into a dictatorship in America. Uh, that is the reality. It's not called that, and uh, it's not overt, um, but the American people are there. They're living under a dictatorship, and what is happening on a daily basis is uh, the battle. The battle that is taking place on a daily basis, primarily through the media, is how to keep them there, yeah. how to keep them largely unaware of the fact that they are living under dictatorship. And this brings us into the story uh, about uh, Senator John McCain, the Republican uh, yeah. hopeful for Hope. the, no- the, pre- the Republican uh, presidential nominee, uh, hopeful for, uh, for 2008. You know, before going to that, this is one of the things that we've been researching over these months while we haven't been doing the, the podcast is looking much more closely into the situation in Germany during the 1930s prior to the outbreak of the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we're seeing over and over and over again are Germans talking about what a a great period it was, 
crime was down. Yeah, well, they Hitler, felt, felt so, so much more secure. Of course. Hitler was a dictator after the fact. Hitler was not a dictator while he was dictator. In the same way that George Bush is not dictator exactly. while he is dictator. And Americans can't see it, that their country is the new Nazi Germany. Their country has a system of illegal detention centers, secret detention centers spread all over the globe. People that the United States wants to kidnap and make disappear are just hours away from from one of these these uh, prisons mm-hmm. all but over the world. The, the difference is that uh, America is actually much worse than, than Nazi Germany because uh, Germany didn't have an empire. So all of the crimes that are committed under dictatorship took place in Germany. Um, therefore, it was much much more much easier. Uh, or was, let's say it was um, it was almost uh, by definition always going to be much more short lived that dictatorship hmm. um, because everything had to happen in a small geographic area therefore the chances of it being exposed or fa- finally uh, caving in on itself yeah. were, were much greater in America uh, America today is, a, is an empire it's not uh, in America you have dictatorship but America is an empire people need to understand that there are American military bases in 121 countries in the world that's you know out of 180 some countries in the world so that's you know somebody do the do the that's math that's like two-thirds you know, of the yeah 66 70 percent of the countries in the world have American military bases therefore the American military and the American government has a, a significant amount of control in 121 countries in the world because it has soldiers and arms and weapons there in those countries. So the ability of the American dictatorship to create the impression that it's not is much greater than it was in Nazi Germany because, as Henry just mentioned, um, people that fall out of favor, let's say, with the regime in America are not persecuted necessarily in America, although they are in, in, in well. Literally, not in America. Well, I mean, it depends with Guantanamo if Bay. or not. Yes, but um, in terms of in terms of uh, political dissidents and uh, political opponents of the regime, they can all be taken care of in one of 20, 121 countries around the world in these secret prisons that the CIA renders people to and has been doing for many years. So it is much easier for the Bush government, the Bush regime, the Bush dictatorship to keep that fact, the fact of its dictatorship, from the immediate awareness of the average American uh, citizen. And that's the difference, and that's the problem. Um, But at some point, it's going to be unveiled. It's going to come home to roost. But as we mentioned before, in the meantime, there's a battle being fought, and it is a battle uh, for the American mind and to keep the American mind uh, disassociated, distracted uh, from the reality under under which they are living. So getting back to USA Today, looking at John Cain's trip, the column of the editorial starts off with today's debate, how the surge is going. Yes. So what's surge. the surge? The surge was George Bush's response to the growing... Uh, dissatisfaction with his policies. We remember back to the fall and around Christmas when you had the Baker report coming out suggesting that the United States could come out. Well, George Bush was not going to accept defeat. George Bush wants victory in Iraq, 
And so his response was to say, we're going to send 30,000 more troops into Iraq and we're going to take care of business. And this editorial is suggesting that uh, the surge is George Bush's last chance to salvage some kind of victory out of Iraq. Now, the reality of the situation is that victory has already been achieved in Iraq. The problem is the definition of victory or the understanding of what victory is. And here's where we're talking about uh, the battle that's going on via the media, via the government-controlled media in America, to, uh, to convince the American people of certain, certain ideas, certain concepts. Uh, specifically, what victory in Iraq is all about. Of course, victory was presented initially uh, as being uh, the eventual spreading of freedom and democracy, the establishment of a democracy and a peaceful uh, government in Iraq. What uh, a joke. Yeah, because that's clearly, that was never the that goal. Was never the, the intention. The goal all along was to dismember, literally, Iraq and its people, uh, to break it up and to turn it into a client state or a vassal state of, of America. Or and three that, client states. Or three. A Sunni state, a Shiite state, and a Kurdish state. Exactly. And that has been achieved to a large extent. There's just, uh, it's all over but the crying, as they say. Um, Iraq has been, to a large extent, dismembered. And the surge, therefore, is George, it is indeed George Bush's final attempt uh, to to seal the victory in Iraq. Uh, because the, the victory in Iraq, as we're saying, all along has been about uh, oppressing and dominating and killing as many Iraqis as is necessary to turn it into an unoccupied state and a, a client state of the U.S. But the problem here is that the USA Today is trying, still trying to convince the American people that the idea is to free Iraq, that America and George Bush and the Bush government and the Israeli government uh, have no uh, selfish interests in Iraq, that they want to, as they claim, set up a free uh, and equal uh, democracy in Iraq. So the details of this, let's get into the details of McCain, because this is fun. The headline continues, in Iraq, McCain and company try to sell the upbeat story. Our view, this is the view of USA Today, and remember, this is the, at the moment, oppositional view in the United States. This is the view that is supposed to be critical of Bush and his uh, new surge policy. So the article begins, the editorial begins, the next six months in Iraq are the most important since the war began. How many times have we heard this? You know, the elections in Iraq a couple of years ago were supposed to be so important. On and on and on. Continues, the Baghdad troop surge is President Bush's last chance to salvage a semblance of success or even a manageable exit. Democrats in Congress don't have the votes to stop the surge but that will change if the war does not. That helps explain why Americans were treated to a bizarre spectacle last week when some of Bush's congressional allies went to Baghdad's largest open-air market, didn't get shot, and declared that was evidence the surge might be starting to work. Well, let's, let's give USA Today a little credit. They did see the absurdity of this photo op mm -hmm. in a Baghdad market. Mm -hmm. But then it is so absurd that you'd have to be a complete fundamentalist Christian Bush fanatic to not see how absurd it was. Yeah, they had the re they had a reputation to uphold, at least a semblance of a reputation. So, 
They continue, in comments that rival some of the war's other signature lines, such as Mission Accomplished and Bring It On, Rep. Mike Pence, the Republican from Indiana, said that the bad deck market was just like a normal outdoor market in Indiana in the summertime. Well, we'll be getting to uh, Pence's thoughts in a minute because he is giving the, uh, the other point of view on the editorial page. The uh, USA Today continues, If so, visitors to Indiana might want to pack a little heat. Pence, Senator John McCain, and their colleagues were wearing bulletproof vests, arrived in a convoy of armored vehicles, and were protected by sharpshooters on rooftops, attack helicopters overhead, and 100 heavily armed American troops on the ground. The problem here is that McCain and Pence and and their 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 entourage went to this Baghdad market. Uh, it was undoubtedly scoped for days in advance. Uh, people were probably picked to go and shop at the market. Or Iraqis were probably picked to go and shop at the market. Everyone was like, you know, metal detected on the way in, strip searched on the way in. And along with McCain and Pence came 100 heavily armed Marines, uh, two. Uh, Black Hawk helicopters and three Apache attack helicopters hovering overhead. Uh, that was, of course, to carry the shopping, uh, the, the purchases back home afterwards. That had nothing to do with security. <laughs> the whole thing is ridiculous, you know. Bugs. And, and what, yeah, what's ridiculous is, is that McCain and Pence tried, tried because they have since uh, rethought their, their ridiculous statements. But they tried to pass this off on the American people as evidence that Iraq was being normalized. That there was that, that 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 there was hope in Iraq. Of course, that all fell through when the day after McCain had his walk around in a Baghdad market, twenty-one Iraqis were abducted by one of the CIA's death squads uh, in Iraq and murdered, abducted from that same market. So that kind of um, that kind of rained on his little put parade a little there. Yeah, it put a damper on the whole. Uh, on the whole upbeat um, view of, of, of Iraq and uh, what it's like in Iraq today. And needless to say, it is nothing. It's nothing like, I'm sure, uh, an Indianapolis uh, market as Pence tried to compare it to. Um, the irony in all of this, of course, is that uh, McCain visited the Baghdad market on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. Now, was it an April Fool's joke? It certainly had all the hallmarks of an April Fool's joke, uh, given his comments. Yeah, and we'll get to the descriptions from Pence about it. It's unbelievable. Um, but again, the problem is that this happened over over a week ago, and um, the mainstream media dutifully, dutifully uh, carried the, the the upbeat, uh, hopeful comments as a result of of this walkthrough. Um, well, speaking of this article that is supposed to be the opposition to to Bush continues right after that that paragraph talking about the hundred heavily armed American troops and the uh, attack helicopters flying overhead. It continues. It says Pence and McCain aren't completely wrong. There are faint signs of progress since the surge began seven weeks ago. Uh -huh. So this is how the brainwashing works: is they go in and they take an absurd situation of these politicians going into the Baghdad market, and they say, yes, this is absurd. And then after describing how absurd it is, they then say, oh, well, they're not completely wrong. They're yeah. hopeful signs. Yeah. That's that's the mind meld, you know. That's the uh, – it really is uh, very clearly messing 
with the with the American mind and the American reader's mind who reads that uh, they don't know what to think. They just they're getting conflicting um, information, conflicting comments, conflicting uh, statements of apparent fact. And uh, how does anybody respond to that? Um, the only way to respond to it is to do your own research clearly and to ignore the mainstream media because clearly they have a, a very definite agenda in terms of parroting the the government line uh, because the mainstream media is government-controlled, has been for a long time. Um, and and the, the absurdity, sure, it's absurd, um, but it's 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 much more absurd than the, the USA Today is suggesting because the fact is that there are no signs of hope because any signs of hope are pitched as you know oh okay today only you know fifty people in Baghdad or in Iraq were murdered uh, instead of uh, two hundred last and week. they're already lying about the number of American troops American, that are yeah. they're not even keeping tabs on the civilian troops. Of course, as they always do, as they do in every war. Um, so, and the absurdity of it is, as we've mentioned before, uh, is that the, the, the purpose, uh, the reason for the American invasion of Iraq was to dismember the country, to occupy it, to control it, to own the country. Uh, so anything that diverges from that fact is, of course, absurd. And that makes just about every single mainstream media news outlet uh, absurd. And that has to also be seen in the light of Israeli policy. And for 25 years, Israel has been talking about Iraq and the need to divide Iraq Mm -hmm. into these three smaller regions. Uh So McCain, his April Fool's joke, uh, he has today, in fact, Monday... 9th of April, uh, retracted to a certain extent, or rather rethought, as the headline goes in The Guardian. McCain rethinks his Iraq policy. Uh, John McCain, a forceful advocate of George Bush's plan for a surge of U.S. troops in Iraq, yesterday disavowed his recent rosy assessment of security in Baghdad in an effort, and here's the point, here's the reason. Why do you think he did that? Not because it was absurd and people are dying every day because of the invasion of Iraq, but because it had affected his front-runner status among Republican contenders for the party's nomination for the presidency. So the guy is such a pusillanimous scumbag, excuse my French, that he, when he retracts such a ridiculous and uh, scurrilous uh, piece of propaganda about Iraq, that, it's, that, it's, that there's hope in Iraq, he retracts it not because he lied, deliberately, to further the, the agenda of the, the Bush government, but because it was affecting his own um, political potential yeah, political prospects. So these are the people. And this is, one, this is the former frontrunner and probably will again be the frontrunner for the Republican nomination for president. This is the guy who's going to be your president potentially after George Bush. Um, this is his morality. This is, uh, this is who the guy thinks about, number one, and only number one. He's a liar. He thinks only of himself. He cannot think of other people because he is very likely a psychopath. And if McCain or any of the other front runners 
either Democrat or Republican, end up president. And things, you can be sure, are not going to change. America and the world is on a downward spiral, and it is not going to change. No. Now, getting back to what the USA Today said, they go through and they they list some of the, the problems that are happening in the next part of their editorial, and then they finish it off on the upbeat. They say, it's not that there's no good news. Rather, the flood of good news that flowed from Iraq during and after the invasion was gradually overwhelmed by rebellion, rising sectarian slaughter, virulent anti-Americanism, and the failure of one strategy after another. Now when Bush says that this plan will work, the public and the media are understandably wary. Now that's virulent anti-Americanism. I mean, this is... You mean in Iraq? Yeah, in Iraq. Well, I mean, what's up with that? Why are Iraqis being virulently anti-American? I mean... Can anybody understand that? Why? why? I mean, all all they did was invade their country. All they did was destroy the country. Kill over 600,000 people. Well, it's about a million at this stage, but... Yeah. What was the other comment? Sectarian... Yeah, rising sectarian slaughter. Rising sectarian slaughter. And who's responsible for that? Let me tell you who's responsible for that. It has been well documented already. Uh, it has even appeared in the mainstream press, although not in any kind of a absolutely accurate way. But it has been documented that the death squads that are carrying out sectarian killings and massacres in Iraq are being run out of the Iraqi Interior Ministry. And the Iraqi Interior Ministry, like the Iraqi government, is controlled by the US government, by the 170,000 troops and their commanders and the the American and Israeli intelligence agencies in Iraq. The Iraqi government is a public government. The Iraqi Interior Ministry is CIA central. The Iraqi death. Yes, the 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 death squads in Iraq are being organized, funded, trained, directed by the CIA and by the Israelis. That is a fact, whether you like it or not. So, where's the hope in that? Where is the grand plan for democracy in Iraq in that? The grand plan for democracy in Iraq was a lie from the very beginning. The invasion of Iraq is an illegal invasion of Iraq. It is a war of domination, of oppression, of occupation. That is all it is. It is not rocket science, people. All of the evidence is there to prove that fact. Both the evidence from the actions and the words of the Bush government and the Israeli government and the British government over the past five or six years, and from the facts on the ground in Iraq. And it's clear, it should be clear, to any thinking, rational human being, anyone with a conscience, should see that what is going on in Iraq, it's destruction, it's it's murder, it is the rape and pillaging of a country, it is the death of a million people. And how does USA Today end up their opposition to to Bush's plan, they say, given the price of defeat, there is also compelling reason to hope that the surge will work. Now, what does that mean, that the surge will work? It will mean to finish Iraq 
as a country to completely destroy it, to finish killing off the people, to set the Sunnis and the Shiites against one another. You know, with all of this going on, it is quite possible that at some point they will successfully destroy the links between the Sunni and the Shiite population that under Saddam had been created, that, that there were intermarriage within families, within tribes. There was no reason for the Sunnis and the Shiites to start killing one another. No, it's, it's classic counterintelligence um, strategy. Uh, and it's been in existence for decades that that is what you do when you, when you are in a, as an invading army. Uh, you enter a country, you want to occupy it, and you want to own the country. Well, the first thing that you look for is any possible divisions and then you attempt to provoke those divisions and you carry out the sectarian attacks yourself. It's, it's again, it's well documented, although you won't see it in the mainstream press, but it's a fact. And the problem here, as Henry mentioned, is why can't uh, you know any right-thinking, rational uh, American or human being anywhere, why can't they see that? Well, the problem is the media. The problem is what we've just looked at today in the USA Today is the the the, the, the paramoralistic thought, the the, the the conversive thinking, the, the the twisted logic, the the saying one thing and then saying another in the same paragraph that that renders the ordinary person unable to think rationally, unable to understand what is happening, and it's this dependence on the mainstream media that will be the people's undoing. If they continue to look to the mainstream media, which is essentially a government mouthpiece for truth, because the government, the U.S. government, the Israeli government, the British government are not about truth. They're about lies, just as Nazi Germany and Hitler were about lies and fooling the people, conning the people. And the trouble in the United States is the media at this point is just there to preserve an illusion that has been carefully manufactured over tens of of years, over decades and decades, the illusion that the United States was the bastion of freedom, the illusion that the United States' economic model was the one that people around the world would freely choose if they had the choice. And these are all lies, but these are lies that are deeply embedded in the identity of almost every American. Every American feels in their gut that their country is the best country in the world, that their country is the freest country in the world. They cannot imagine what their government is actually doing in their name, and then they're being fed this media, they're being fed American television, they're being fed American movies. It's bread and circuses. Exactly. Well, now let's look at what Mike Pence is saying. And these are the arguments that are coming out from a representative of the Bushreich. And these are, are the signs of hope that he says his, uh, his article is entitled Hope Springs in Iraq. So let's look at what exactly are these signs of hope because you, you cannot believe what this guy is trying to tell us here. He says, we have a long way to go in Iraq. There is tough, difficult work ahead. But we are making progress, and there is reason for cautious optimism about President Bush's surge. Now, even an uh, arch defender of, of George Bush has to say that the best they can do is say there's cautious optimism. I mean, 
you know, cautious optimism is as good as it gets here, folks, from one of the mouthpieces of the Bushreich. He continues, despite all you see and hear in the media, propagating the myth that the media somehow is against Bush and is against the powers that be. I mean, what a joke that is. That's an important point because that forces the people into believing that the media is where they will find truth or an anti-government view. He says, so despite all you see and hear in the media, there is a springtime of hope beginning in Iraq, which makes me think of the old... uh, Song from the Mel Brooks film, The Producers, Springtime for Hitler. And and he says, I saw it on the faces of hundreds of ordinary Iraqis on the street of Baghdad. From the moment of our arrival, I could sense that things were different. And you want to know what was different, folks? Well, listen to this. General David Petraeus met us at the airport. And instead of boarding helicopters to the green zone, we drove into town. I hadn't done this since my first trip several years ago. My heart just, I'm getting a heart warming out of that, Henry. Really? I mean, it's too bad that Nicola Calipari and Juliana Segrina didn't know about that, or they might have taken a helicopter and avoided being massacred by the U.S. troops on the road to the the airport. Continuing, I'm going to skip some of this because it's just ridiculous. But uh, he says... With a squad of military security, we spent more than an hour at a bustling open-air marketplace. While we were instructed to leave our bulletproof vests on, General Petraeus took off his helmet and urged us to leave our helmets in the vehicles. Wow. Wow. He must have just, he must have just filled up with that. I can, I can imagine he must have been teary-eyed at that, at that idea. Yeah, freedom. I yeah, mean, just no helmet, no, no helmet. helmet in Baghdad. It's fabulous. And then he said, we milled around for more than an hour. I told reporters afterward it was just like an open-air market in Indiana in the summertime. Yeah. So there you go. That's where that <clears throat> quote come from. Well, you know what? I'm not going to Indiana, Indiana in the summertime, and I'm not going to any markets. Because if it's just like, if the, if the markets in Iraq are just like markets in Indiana in the summertime, well then... Suddenly, while I'm um, you know perusing the, the, the merchandise, I can, be, I can expect to be abducted, uh, have maybe, you know power tools taken to my joints, you know, acid thrown on my face and then shot in the head. So Indiana is off the travel list for me. Anywhere in the United States is off the travel list I'm for me. I'm telling you, if it's anything like Baghdad, I'm not going. He continues, the people impacted me the most. Yeah. Impacted. I well, mean. you know, that's something that is, that, that, that feeling is mutual because a lot of Iraqis are feeling impacted by Americans at this point in time, you know, particularly by American government and the mm-hmm. American military. They're really feeling impacted. Like in an a very, impacted tooth that needs to be surgically yeah, removed. Yeah, or like impacted with a bullet, you know. Impacted kind of with yeah. a bullet, yeah. He says, I encountered nothing but warmth and friendship. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, given the military that he had around him, would yeah. you have... Uh, and all of the people that were selected to be in his presence, mm-hmm. I'm sure he felt very nice. We, As we passed shop after shop, people waved, touched their hearts, and expressed a greeting in Arabic. Many just said, hello. You can oh. imagine what else was on their minds yeah. that they didn't let out. Then he finishes by saying, tough and heartbreaking days are ahead, but I have hope. Now, this is heartbreaking for the Bush regime, or this is heartbreaking for the Iraqis that are mm. going to see the rest of their country destroyed, the rest of their families uh, dismembered and taken away, disappeared. He says, I have seen the impact of the surge 
freedom can win in Iraq if we do not grow weary of doing the good things that our soldiers and the Iraqi forces are doing with new strategies and new leadership. Yeah. Um, let me just uh, kind of a reality check here for um, Mr. Pence. Uh, the American military in Iraq has killed, has been responsible for killing a million Iraqi civilians over the past four years. That's the good things that they have done. Uh, the country is in turmoil. Men, women and children uh, are dying. Um, in fact, uh, the day after McCain and Pence uh, had their amble through that market, um, a truck bomb exploded and killed uh, 14 schoolchildren in a bus in the city of Kirkuk in the north of Iraq. And as you mentioned before, 21 people who were shopping at the market that McCain and Pence were at uh, the day after were abducted and, uh, and shot. So that is what the American government has wrought in Iraq, and every Iraqi uh, civilian knows that. Every Iraqi civilian knows exactly what. They know what life was like before the Americans arrived and what life is like now. Of course. It's ridiculous. I mean, there is no comparison. Um, it's hard to even, to even sit here and feel that I have to or feel that we have to spell it out. Um I mean, do the you fact get is, it? the United States is the aggressor. The United States is the bad guy. The United States are the new Nazis. Yeah. Do you get it? Iraqis get it because today, to maybe end on a on something approaching uh, a spark of real hope uh, today, in two cities in Iraq, in Najaf, in and in Kufa. Um, up to one million uh, Iraqi civilians protested uh, against the occupation. This is on the fourth anniversary of the fall of Baghdad, as they call it. Um, that's one million Iraqis protested against what they were all calling the occupation of Iraq. And that uh, was Sunni, and that was Shiite. Sunni and Shia together and their legitimate representatives of in the insurgency and the resistance against the occupation, the the um, the Shia cleric Muqtada al-Sadr, um, who is enemy number one uh, of the U.S. military for very obvious reasons because he represents the people, he represents the resistance, the, re the justified resistance against um, uh, the U.S. army of occupation. Um, so one million of them. Today and they came from everywhere. They came from Baghdad. They boarded buses to to the to the two cities where the where the um, where the protests were held. And in one of those cities alone, one million of them protested. They, among other things, they were shouting "Yes, yes" to Iraq and "Yes, yes" to Muqtada. That's their the cleric and occupiers should leave Iraq. Occupiers should leave Iraq. That's what Iraqi people think. That's what their hope is for the future. Occupiers, i.e. the U.S. military, the U.S. government, to leave Iraq. No surge, no extra 30,000 troops. Because they know what U.S. troops have done in Iraq. They have murdered, slaughtered, created mayhem, despair. That is what has been wrought in Iraq by the U.S. military and the U.S. government in the name of freedom and democracy. In short, it's a lie. Can Imagine it's, it's back in the late 30s, and Germany has just invaded and occupied Poland. Good, good comparison. And imagine 
that you were to open up. You were, you were an American then, and you were horrified at what the Nazis were doing, and you saw that in a German newspaper, the debate was between, well, should we send 30 more, 30,000 more troops into Poland, uh, and should we continue, or should we maybe reduce uh, the occupation troops uh, more gradually over time? Of course, that's what the Germans in in the 19... 19- and during the Second World War in Germany were uh, were getting. They were getting the same kind of propaganda that Americans are getting today. This this paramoralistic, uh, uh, immoral kind of debate, uh, two-faced, uh, contradictory debate about uh, about what's right and what's wrong, what should or shouldn't happen, which is on on false premises because the bottom line is that the, the Nazis invaded Poland and every Polish citizen was against it in the same way that every Iraqi is against it. It wasn't about freedom or democracy. It was about occupation. The Nazis occupied Poland, and 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 so murder and mayhem. And the and the Americans are doing exactly the same in Iraq. What is so hard to understand? History is replete with examples of it. What is wrong with the American people? What is wrong with the British people? What is wrong with anyone who cannot understand this? What is the problem? It is so goddamn simple. You read it in your textbooks. In school, you've read about it in history. It's happening today. Why can't you see it? The media. The problem, clearly, is the media. In the same way that in Nazi Germany, the Nazi Department of Disinformation, Goebbels, the big lie, terrorism, it was the Jews, it was the communists. Now it's the Arabs, the Islamo-fascists. History repeats itself, people. And it's repeating itself right under your nose. You've asked yourself, how could it have happened in Germany? Well, folks, it's happening in the United States today. It's happening in the United Kingdom today. And you're not seeing it. Look around you. Open your eyes. We'll see you next week. To discuss this podcast or any of the stories that appear on the Signs of the Times pages you can come to our forum. Just follow the link from the homepage, www.signs-of-the-times.org.